Hey, we hey. are live. Hi. Welcome back to the newly named Live Brunch. Live Brunch, F55. Coffees and uh, stuff to eat will be served. Looking at some no YouTube servers. <laughs> Not oh, to wow. you necessarily, Not where you are. I hope you've had <laughs> yeah. enough time to Virtual grab a brunch. quick coffee. Thank oh, you. Stephen Dawson. Thank oh, you very much, good, man. Very Look at him good. rocking that mask as well. Um, yeah, thank you for tuning in. We've had a wonderful service. Joel, you've just spoken to us. Um, big up brioche situation. Um, Joel, it's good to have you back with us. Good to, unfortunately, we aren't good to be back rolling out of food on lunch. Uh, you go for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And joined by Joel Virgo and Matt Carville. Hello. Who is good one of back. the elders here at Manuel. That's right. It's good to have you guys with us. Good to be back. So for those who are just tuning in or to our Instagram live audience, if you may not have come across the live stream from earlier this morning, Joel, do you want to do a two-minute summary of what you spoke about a few uh, minutes ago? Let's do that. Um, people go through experiences of uh, slavery, uh, bondage to things, things that seem to be overwhelming them, but they're really just a, a, a kind of above the surface, like the, the bit of the iceberg that you see, because what's beneath the, the surface is what Jesus talked about, which is a more serious slavery, our slavery to sin, our slavery to the powers of evil, inwardly at work and, and outwardly and, and invisible, but they're real and we need liberty from that. And the stories that we tend to tell uh, or aspire to tell for our lives are ones where we get to be the hero. Um, but the, the consistent story in the Bible, and the way that God deals with people is that he, he ends up really being the hero because we're those who are enslaved and need to be liberated. And uh, when we're in that situation, we can tend to uh, try to just hope for a change of circumstances mm -hmm. as if that's gonna deal with everything. Um, it might chip a little bit off the top of the iceberg, but it doesn't deal with what's under the surface. And, uh, and, and we might even try to shift, the circum shift everything ourselves, you know, become heroically, invincibly good at something and be, you know, prove ourselves and overcome. Um, and really, anyone who tries to do that uh, ultimately will come to a point, if they're, if, if they're real about it, they'll come to a point of realizing their need. Yeah, that's brilliant. And... Every time we're doing these messages, what we want to do is not just be hearing them, but thinking about them, discussing them with others, journeying through as we go through Exodus. So there's kind of three questions or three sort of headings with the questions that we're going to be thinking about uh, this week. And so I'll just rattle through them and then maybe we'll sort of bounce around some of those ideas. I mean, um, firstly, that that thing of, um, I mean, even in what you said, Joel, you kind of said, like, we're, we're, uh, we're, failures or, or and actually i think in our culture we increasingly people are talking about their struggles which which is a good thing and, and maybe in, in groups we want to discuss what that has looked like have they noticed that kind of trend what are the positives what are the negatives about that and so that's kind of the first thing our culture is more has seems to found more language about talking about struggles and people's experience of that secondly on those things that you said about when we hit difficult times we hit um, things in our lives we don't like and what's our instinctive response some of us, it might be just waiting, hoping for the circumstance to change. Others are more kind of like proactive, like what you're saying with Moses. He sort of took matters into his own hands and tried to do, you know, find hope himself by his own plans. And maybe for, for discussion, it's like, what, what, what's your temperament? How, how have you navigated in the past through things? Have you tried to work yourself way out or just been more, more passive with it? And then thirdly, like where you landed was about kind of knowing 
knowing God knowing us in the midst of whatever we're going through um, and and it'd be good for us to discuss and it'd be good for us to discuss right now actually as well um, about like what does it actually look like what, what practical steps can we can we take to sort of engage with God be known by God in the midst of a difficulty mm-hmm. so that's kind of the three three areas maybe go back to that first one I'd love to ask you Joel um, you talked about you know recognizing we we are failures but I think for, for me the question is like what what's the difference between acknowledging your failure like in the gospel mm. sense of it mm. because we we can go down a sort of rabbit warren of well we're just we're all failures and it gets quite introspective and gets quite negative and i think in conversation like that or, or maybe you're speaking to someone a friend of yours like that but they're just sort of stuck in that rut yeah. of i'm just yeah. you know a failure how, how what's the difference with the gospel that's a i think such an important question um and we do need to get wise about this and and learn the difference between the the, the, the Bible message and uh, what can become a, a distorted version in the culture. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mm-hmm. He, he, that all of the uh, Beatitudes, as we call them, in Matthew chapter 5, they, they are they're Beatitudes because they're, they're, they're good. They're... they're, they're uh, proclamations of happiness because there's a promise he, he says blessed are those people because yeah. happy in other words you know the word blessed could be translated happy mm. some bibles it is happy are those who mourn mm. which doesn't make sense on it on its own terms it's a, it's a to- it's not just a paradox it's a contradiction happy are those who mourn doesn't make sense because they will be comforted he's not saying that mourning is an end in itself He's not saying it's, God really wants you to grieve. He mm. wants, that's what he wants. Mm. He wants your life and your existence to be one of perpetual mourning because that's spiritual. And that's a mistake. That's, that's a distortion mm. of, of, the, of the message of Jesus. No, you will be comforted. There's, there's a, a promise of strength and it's, it's a, a happy promise. You're going to be, it's ultimately a happy thing. Um, but it does involve a process of grieving. Yeah. And I think understanding it as a process is quite helpful because sometimes somebody who's going through a process of natural grieving uh, can look like they're beyond consolation. Yeah. Somebody who's really lost a loved one, uh, you can sometimes feel like you don't know what to do with them yeah. because they're so overwhelmed. Um, and, and yet you understand that if you're wise, you'll, what, you'll step back and say, well, there is a process here. Mm. And they'll mm. go through different phases emotionally and they'll come out of it in a different place. Um, I think that it, there's a clue in that. Mm. It's interesting. Mm. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is, uh, it, I, I have a different favorite verse every, every week, but, but <laughs> for, uh, this has stayed with me for years. Um, when, when Samuel, the prophet, is told to go to uh, anoint David and uh, sort of recognize him as the future king of Israel, this young shepherd boy, yeah. middle of nowhere, um, it's in the process of Samuel grieving because yeah. the current king has failed. Yeah. Yeah. The current king, Saul, has, has blown it, rather like all kings do, mm-hmm. in fact, from the very beginning. And I think Saul in the Bible is meant to remind us of Adam. Mm-hmm. I think he's meant to remind us of humanity. He's yeah. meant to remind yeah. us of the princely, human, image-bearing, mighty uh, creation of yeah. God yeah. who's flawed yeah. and broken and blown it. And Saul really has blown it yeah. in, in several ways by then. And at this point, 
Samuel is heartbroken. I mean, he's deeply, deeply distressed. Mm. But God's words to him at the beginning of uh, chapter 16 are, why, why are you uh, grieving so long for Saul? Go to Bethlehem, take a, a, a flask of oil and go to Bethlehem. So it's one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible because it's like, it's, everything's in there. You know, mm. just the idea of Adam's failure and the grief that comes from it, the grief that's in us, the failure that's in us, that we, we, yeah. we can just be overwhelmed with. I just, oh, always this disappointment. I'm always such a failure. I'm always so, such a fraud and a fake. And, you know, people look at me long enough, they'll realize. And, you know, anyone who really knows me will realize. And, and they're going to find out one day. Just the shame that we carry on. And, and Samuel is told, I want you now to stop grieving. I want mm. you to go to Bethlehem, which is all about Jesus, yeah. really. Go yeah. to Bethlehem. Yeah. Go to the place of new birth. Go to where Jesus is born. Go to the beginning of Christ. And take that oil with you. In other words, there's life, there's spirit. Yeah. God's going to, yeah. there's power here. There's, there's, there's a new promise here. And it's like there's a decision that Samuel makes to say, okay, I'm going to come into a new confidence. And, and I think that... There's a kind of, as you say, a kind of sense of failure that becomes obsessive to the, as almost as though the, fa- the sense of failure is the answer. Yeah, yeah. And that's where we're meant to stay. Yeah. So if that's the, that's the, that's the Messiah, that's Beth. It's not, no, it's not. It's, yeah. not, it's a journey, but, but there's a journey beyond. There's a, a place of promise yeah. and comfort and, and uh, happiness in Christ. And if we, if we, um, if we don't keep helping people to see Jesus, as, as then, then they will stay in introspection, and that's not God's plan. Yeah. So. No, no, I guess the other, the other side of that coin is, you mentioned slavery to sin, uh, and, and that whole concept of there being sin in the, in the world, but there's also sin in me, and I'm a, I'm, yeah. I'm a sinner. Yeah. Uh, and I guess if, if you if you're looking on social media and book culture and everything, it's oh no, I'm perfectly all right. You're the one who has a problem yeah. because I'm in like yeah. you know yes. I've come to an, an awakening, yes, uh, mm. and an awareness of the sin in your life, sure, and that's my righteousness. Um, and I guess the question that, that I'd ask you is, in some ways, you talked about us coming to that place of insufficiency, us coming to that place of grieving, which then takes us to joy. But how do you even get to that point if if you're starting with I'm I'm right? And my views are right. I'm a, uh, these are my political views. These are my views on, on, on gender and race and, and so on. So I've got all the right views. There's nothing wrong with me. You're the one that's wrong. How do you come to that place of feeling insufficient when you think you're right? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I, I, I mean, my immediate answer is that I think that there are some things that the, the Paul says in First Corinthians that that the thing that the wisdom of God is known by the Holy Spirit. That the spiritual man knows the things of God. Um, there's a certain kind of knowledge um, that that it uh, it's it's it doesn't come by exposure to the the ideas um, and um, assumed morality of the culture. Mm. Every culture has its ideas of right and wrong, uh, good and bad, in and out, mm. you know, acceptable, unacceptable, and they, they 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 are similar but they're different. Every culture's got a slight overlap and a slight difference and. In the UK, 21st century UK, we're definitely, we're probably living in a time where there's a greater shift than there's been for, for generations in terms of what is seen as acceptable and unacceptable. It's changed quicker in the last 50 years than it has done yeah. in the last 500 years, I think. Um, and I think that being the case, it's good for Christians especially to think, God, help me to get your wisdom on what is right and wrong 
your wisdom and what you care about. Yeah. And I think the person that has a completely woke, let's say, or you know, a, 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 any secular, any non-Christian view of righteousness and non-righteousness, good and bad, acceptable, not acceptable. The truth is, it, it's going to be something the Holy Spirit will have to do. However much we can persuade and argue, and we can, we can say, look, that, that doesn't add up. That morality doesn't matter. How can you care hugely about, um, for example, um, the importance of accepting um, uh, your sexuality? And that can't change. Mm. That mustn't, no one's allowed to interfere with your sexuality. But we are allowed to interfere with your sex. Mm. It's totally inconsistent if you stop and think about it. But And we can argue that, and that's a good idea. Honestly, I don't think many people are going to be persuaded by our arguments. Mm. Not really. What's going to happen is they're going to either they're going to come to know Jesus. They're going to come into friendship with Christians. They're going to hear about Jesus, and they're going to start to have the Holy Spirit work in their heart. Mm. And to be honest, some people, they, you, they might not even change their mind over some of these things for years. They might come to Christ because they feel deeply convicted of some things that are wrong, but they'll have to be reformed on a lot of things. John Newton became a Christian on a slave ship. He didn't repent of being a slave owner, slave trader, until years later he came to see slavery was evil. It's sad to say that's sometimes the way God has to work on, and we all need training and coming back to the measure of truth. Mm. So it's a work of the Spirit, and really it's a work of the church, talking honestly with an open Bible. Mm. Um, but I don't think we'll avoid the the, 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 mm. the, the, the Holy Spirit will convict people. Yeah. I think to add to that as well, I think the other thing is, I, you know, human experiences, we all want safety. We all want to feel secure. And I think having the right views and, and, and having being ahead of the curve and that sort of thing gives a sense of safety. And therefore, that gives us a sense of confidence about who we are like i've got the right views I, this is what is uh, this is the right wisdom and that sort of thing social. and but if and any sense of insufficiency attacks that sense mm. of safety but i think with 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 the gospel and with christ i can in one sense not have it all together yeah, yeah. but i'm still safe because god's got me yeah. you know and, and i think that gives an under we can say like we're, we're working this through yes, and absolutely. and we don't have all the answers but i know jesus and i'm trying to learn from him yes. and that gives me a sense of insufficiency and it, a, a genuine humility i can be genuinely <laughs> honest about my fails my flaws that sort of thing but i still feel the safety because of god's love and because he's for me and that sort of thing and that is such a good place to be and helps us to be insufficient but not be you know no one can completely operate life if you completely feel overwhelmed by your insufficiency no i'm not over i'm overwhelmed by christ as well you know and you also feel your safety in community yeah and which is why we encourage people to sign up to a small group and, and be a part of a small group work out some of these yeah. these questions yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh yeah. The, these feelings these emotions these thoughts within yeah. community yeah. you know don't try and work this out by yourself yeah in some ways we're not sending you to the wilderness yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we're asking you to come and be a part of the community and, yeah. and come in and work this out and, and find that safety and that, and that was one of the things, Joel, that you, you mentioned in your message as well, in terms of your where, where you got to this year, and actually friends, those around within the church, without the church, help you sort of process that through and and help you recognise, yes, you need, needed a, a time a time of rest, um, and and that's it, sometimes we, we realise that when we talk things through. Could you could you help us a little bit in terms of like? How do we rest well? 
if we're recognising this week, you know, yes, I, and this is things have gotten top of me. I need to come back to 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 get in a better place. But sometimes I think I know I do. You think, well, I I'm I'm tired and I I just need to re so I'll just do nothing. Yeah. And then we go through a time of doing nothing and we feel I don't feel any better about myself. <laughs> yeah. This is I just feel I've just wasted time now. Yes. Uh, and I know that sort of the principles in the Bible about resting and resting in God and Sabbathing are much more life-giving than just stopping and doing nothing. Yes, yes. So could you help us w with that? What, is, what, what are the things you suggest to people to, to they want to rest well? How do we do that? I think um, it, it, perhaps a, the difference between a sweet shop and a good restaurant, you know, you can get full up on sweets and it can look... I often do. <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, I'm speaking oh, to other people. <laughs> yeah, brioche buns. Yeah, these, are, these are actually fine cuisine, but this, hence the polythene wrappers. But um, I, I found um, with, uh, with my kids, like they're kind of, obviously not with me because I'm an adult, um, the kind of, uh, the sense of being fully sufficiently satisfied by, you know, just, just piles and piles of Haribo. And, and it's like you know the difference between that and a, and a full-on meal, yeah, yeah. and and the the, the 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 flesh or whatever we call it, you know, the appetite doesn't always discern the difference. And we, I think, you have to, you don't have to choose between enjoyment mm. and sort of stoic. Yeah, you know, no, I, the way I'm going to do my Sabbath and rest is by doing 50 press-ups, you know, every hour or whatever, or, or you know, just some, some, something that sounds more spiritual or more mm -hmm. ascetic or yeah, more, yeah. It's, it's that's um that's to decide that that real pleasure mustn't play a part mm. i think the issue is make it high grade pleasure mm, yeah. <laughs> make it make it something that actually does do your soul good decide on the things that actually recreate you yeah. and find yeah, those yeah, things yeah, yeah. and ye, and and be disciplined about them yeah do so mm. i actually think keeping good hours when you're on holiday is probably not a bad idea but but not but don't but but for some, maybe that's a red herring. I think the because <laughs> I think the main thing is making sure that you're disciplined about the things that are really going to recharge you, yeah. re that yeah, do yeah, actually yeah. work uh, in yeah. your soul. And, and you, people will know that. You know, when I'm when I'm with these people, when I when I hang with these people, when I when I if I'm going to watch telly, I'm going to watch discerningly. <laughs> you know, I'm not just going to just you know just kind of flick through the channels. I'm, when I when I'm online, I'm going to choose carefully. When I read a book, I'm going to choose what to. I'm going to think. When I when I you know I'm, so. I found personally resting this year. I, it would sometimes it might look like I'm not resting at all. <laughs> so I'm getting, mm. getting up normal hours, doing quite a lot of exercise, and reading a lot of books. But that's because I'm wired. Yeah, I, yeah, I genuinely yeah, yeah. find that re that's not me being noble. That's yeah. just I just genuinely that's how I enjoy life. I think knowing what does your soul, what charges you up, yeah. is key. Yeah, definitely. and obviously, if, if if you love Jesus, then finding a way to feed on Him yeah. Yeah. is absolutely essential. And you yeah. can, mustn't. You, you, obviously, what, you'll want to do that. You'll want to do that. You just don't want to make it a slavery thing. Uh, if you feel like, you know, I've got to go on holiday, therefore I've got to, I've got to pray and fast mm. for it to make it a good holiday. I want to fast from my holidays. That'd be really spiritual. No, you've missed the point. That is not a holiday. No, go, go and yeah. eat a lot of food. Go, yeah. and, go and get stuffed and really, and thank God at the end and burp. And, and just, <laughs> just be really grateful to Jesus because that's being spiritual. Brilliant. Yeah. I think you, you were quite vulnerable and, and you shared stuff um, about your your journey over the past few few months, and just can I ask you a couple of questions yeah. on those. I think the first one is um, the whole hero complex thing, where where we believe that we are the saviors, and and yes, for you it's 
multiplied because you're leading a church of f- few hundred thousands or hundred thousands of people. <laughs> few hundred thousands. Hundred thousands. Few hundred thousands. 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 But all of us go through that at different levels, mm. whether it's within our, our family situation or whether it's in work or whatever sphere of influence we have. We, we, we believe we can be the hero. I guess mm. my, the two questions I have is, is a, how do you avoid those pitfalls? Um, and B, when you find yourself feeling like the hero and realizing how insufficient you are, how do you get out of it? And I guess my practical question to you is, how did you get out of it? Uh, and what would you encourage people to do to not feel like that? I think if you ask Moses, how did you get out of it? He'd say, I didn't. I got, I got, got out of it. Mm-hmm. I got, God dealt with me. Brilliant. And I, I, I think probably that's the most true answer. I, there's some good things we can, we can be disciplined about. Things we tell ourselves, think that things that we remind ourselves of from time to time. Just don't, don't get puffed up when people applaud you and, and just think about, just say thanks to God. You know, those, those are good disciplines. But you know, in the end, <laughs> However much I'm good at, I, I am not good at what you just asked. Mm. That's why this happened, because mm. I think I'm not very good at it. I think all the way through this, so we just delete that section. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's a lesson there. You know, yeah. I think I just think we, we. If I gave you a nice answer, it would mm. be a bit fake, because I just think we can't. God will deal. God will help yeah. us with this. Yeah. But what, that's that's why I think I think all the way through the series, we'll come back to this question about looking at ourselves but then also thinking god what are you doing in my life and it's those points of reflection we don't know exactly what that is and we don't know where that how long that journey is going to be and and where it's going to lead us to but that almost spiritual discipline of of trying to be perceptive of what god is doing rather than thinking about how we get ourselves out of it rather than we try and do the quick fix of okay god what are you doing show me the next step show me what you want to do in my life you know, and I've, again, I find that in my life is like, I want to, if this is a lesson that God's bringing me through, if this is something he wants to do with me, okay, the quicker I get on board with that, <laughs> with yeah. that the quicker you can take, take me forward and that sort of thing and, and, and take that step of faith and, and, and move into a different season. And that, yeah. if, if you want to get out of the season you're in, you've got to, okay, go at God's pace then. Yeah. Ask him what he's doing right. and then he'll lead you through this That's season really into next season. So yeah. asking that question, God, what are you doing? That's really good. Yeah. I, I guess... Th- for a lot of us, for, I'm sure for the three of us, we understand what it means to get to that place where God starts dealing with you. But to somebody who's looking in and just doesn't have that frame of reference and doesn't know mm. what that means, and they're feeling like, oh, okay, I feel like I'm, I'm trying too hard or I'm, I'm trying to be the hero and I, I'm sensing that I'm not. Mm. Um, what would you say to them? To the, uh, the probably new Christians, people are looking in for the first time. I, I think, I think it's, it's really the posture of your soul which which way are you facing in that situation? I think I think God's people were cried out, and and it means that they they that later in the Bible they're going to grumble. There's different kinds of cry. Sometimes we 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 say the same thing. We're facing a different direction. They when they grumble, it means they're they're not hoping in God. They're just whinging. When when you when your faith in God means that you bring to Him your everything. And when you feel useless, you tell it. When you can't pray, you pray about it. <laughs> you, you, you're facing him. You face him with it all. You bring it to him. And I think that means it's humbling. It also means patience. Because God might take ages before he brings you through it. 
In Moses' case, it was a long time. It was decades before he found this bush on fire. And then God starts to deal with him. And it's waiting. And, and the Bible says those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. There is a waiting in it. There's letting God be God in it and not trying to plot the timing and move ahead. So I think if in your heart you feel poor in spirit, you feel un unimpressed with yourself, you're in, you're in a good place. Don't be thinking, I've got to get out of this. You think, no, no, just keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep looking to him. Keep looking to him. Don't be obsessing on yourself, but, but neither should you just be impatient. I, I, think, I think you're in a good place. Keep your eyes on him. Let him deal with you. Let him, let him work. I, I think there are heroes that you can look at in the best sense of hero. I think my, as I've got older, you know, I've, I have to be careful when I read about heroes because they, 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 they do work. They, there's a sinister thing that happens where you, you think, you know, you got, unless I'm this person, I failed. And I've noticed that some of my favorite people are people who are actually God dealt with them on this stuff. And my, probably my biggest outside the Bible is probably James Hudson Taylor, who one of, I always tell this story about when he, he was on a train in Canada with someone who, who, who were in the same compartment and he found this, um, this, this friend was reading a magazine which had an article about him and it was saying negative things about him, saying he's an unimpressive man. Hudson Taylor, unimpressive man. Uh, I've met missionaries, he's not one of them. He's not, I've seen very impressive missionaries. Hudson Taylor's not an impressive missionary, really scathing. And this guy, he's reading this article, he's sharing the compartment with, with Hudson and he's thinking, I can't show it to him. He hides it under a load of other magazines, hoping he'll never find it. And he has a sleep, you know, he has a nap, wakes up and finds, he's found it, he's looking at it. He's thinking, he's, you know, what's, he's gonna lose his mind. And he reading, reading the very article, at the end of it, he puts it down and he smiles and he says, that guy says exactly what I've always thought. I'm an unimpressive man. Wow. And that's why God uses me. And I, it's like he just, he, I think God had done a number on him over the years. I think he got into a place where he really got this. Yeah. And I think if, you know, God, God will do that to us. You know, we've got to learn it. Wow. Uh, we're out of time. Do you have any more questions that you want to land with? No, we're out of time. That's all good. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us, Joel. Look forward to having you back. Uh, thank you for joining us. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.